This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to our warning television program, as well as if you're listening on radio or shortwave, social media, welcome. This is a time of the year that's uh, very trying uh, for some people, but yet God is in control. Now, I'm just going to, we just finished celebrating, just finished celebrating uh, the Feast of Hanukkah. Another name for it is a festival of lights, uh, the Feast of the Maccabees, uh, the Feast of Dedication. And uh, that story, very briefly and simply, is uh, the, the temple had been desecrated, and yet God's Spirit came upon the priest, and, and uh, uh, he, he led a revolt, and they stayed free for 200 years of freedom against insurmountable odds. And that's where we're at today when uh, things look bleak. Yet the Spirit of God can use people to lead in an area of revolt, revolution, victory, and taking back a nation against insurmountable odds. Also the miracle where the oil, they had enough for one day dedication of the temple and they needed eight days. And that's the oil they dedicated the, the, the priest and the, and the kings with. And it, it lasted the full eight days. And that's what these candles are all for. Uh, the eight days that never ran dry, the middle candle representing God or Jesus Christ, the power of God. Now, I have, we're, we're in our classroom here at World Ministries International, our chapel, where we uh, train people to, to reach the nations for God, to be a flame of fire. Again, the candles, a flame of fire. And uh, it's a live audience, my staff and their families. Now, the title of today's message is The Battle for Family and God's Covenant. The Battle for Family and God's Covenant. The Bible says, Matthew six nineteen. Matthew 6, I should say, 9 through 13, after this manner. Therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Again, our Father, key Father, thine is the kingdom, God's kingdom. So God is a family man. It is the very heart of the Father caused God to begin the process of creation. It's the heart of a father. God has a father's heart. God ultimately has a love of family at the center of his heart. I believe at all times. You see the nucleus of family throughout every page of the Bible. But now more than ever, the heart of God is being tested. And his family dynamics is under attack. Satan hates the family. 
because of what it represents. In America, we've had a great attack on the family, taking the man out of the home, going with alternate lifestyle values and beliefs, going with homosexuality, lesbianism, cohabitation. There's an attack on the family because the family is God's, represents part of God's government that brings stability to a nation. He, Satan, was at one time part of God's family. But now he will never have that love and support from God again. Yet we, as God's earthly creation through Jesus, have the love, support, and fellowship that is lacking in the dead realm where he lives, where Satan resides. We also see the principles of kingdom of God, most demonstrated in family. And that's another reason why Satan hates it so much. The foundation of the family is God the Father. Then he created the man directly under him as the next part of family dynamic. I know if we look at society that it doesn't look as though the man, the male, was created directly under God in the family dynamic. As I mentioned, society has attacked the man in the home. But the truth is, we cannot win the battle for the family without the men. I understand that things in the earth seem pretty messed up, and even in your respective communities, men are absent, and their presence is missed. But know that there are men who are picking up the torch and engaging the enemy for the family. Because every other battle will depend on us winning the battle for our families. No families, no nation. Dysfunctional, torn apart, with dysfunctional people being raised out of them. Women cannot win the battle for the family in our society today. No matter how things appear, they, women, can't do it. Why? Because the Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife. Ephesians 5 tells us that God has put man in the position of leadership in the home. However, this doesn't mean that man is superior to women, because he's not. Genesis 1, 27 through 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. There are different roles and different responsibilities, but there is equality. Years ago, I wrote a news article called, again, The Trinity in line with the analogy of marriage. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together in harmony, equality, husband, wife, and Holy Spirit. God created them as equals. In Christ, you're equals. There's no superiority between men and women. But the fact is, God gave responsibility. That's what we're talking about. Different roles of responsibility to the man. That he didn't give to the woman. He chose to do that not because man was superior, but because that was God's choice. Husband be the head of the home. Husband be the head of the wife. Well, what does that mean? How can I lead my family? As a man, how can I win the battle for the family? Men are called to lead the family. How do we lead the family? 
I want to say this again. Only the Christian man can restore the biblical family. The women can't do it without the men. I know in America we've tried. We've taken them out of the home. We've got a bunch of messed up people, messed up children, messed up young adults in drugs, alcohol, prison. We have to win the battle for the Christian home because our society is collapsing. The family has been under attack because men have been taken out of their position, either willfully or forcibly. And now our homes are in disarray. Modern culture has feminized men, neuterized men, made men no longer men. But a bunch of cowards not willing to stand up for anything that's right. Very few men out there today even knows what it means to be a man in the biblical sense of the word. Guys, we can't win the battle for the family unless we take responsibility for our part. And it starts by getting back in a position of leadership. Here are three basic aspects to leading your family and winning the battle. One, you lead your family by loving your wife. There is a big revelation, this is, to many. But it's a very important first step towards winning the battle for family. The Bible says, quote, Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Did you know that God gave your wife to teach you how to love like Jesus loves? Have you ever thought about that? What men need to understand is that nowhere in the Bible does God tell the women and a woman that she has to love the man. And do you know why? Because she doesn't have to be told. She knows how to love her husband, her children. The Bible says, quote, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord, unquote. Proverbs 18, 22. Well, what does that mean? What is favor? That you and I obtain from our wife. It is the love that she gives you that you don't deserve. That's favor. My wife, if you could see a picture, she said, that's right. Well, I recognize it. In other words, a woman has a gift to love a man. She's going to love him even when he's being a knothead. Listen, men, I have to say these things to myself because I'm a man too. I had to learn this before I could tell it to you. God is trying to make us men Christ-like. Man has to be told to love his wife because man is usually naturally selfish. Leaders can be very selfish in making decisions. Love, however, doesn't want its own way, but rather what's best for the ones loved. Man had to be instructed because he doesn't have the innate gifting to love without instruction. God didn't leave anything to chance. He has also told the man how to love his wife. Ephesians 5.25 Like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. We are supposed to love and cherish our wives. 
The man has also been instructed to not be bitter against his wife because he would naturally be bitter when she nags at him. Every man knows what I'm talking about. Sometimes you feel like walking out the door and getting alone for a while. Knows that answer before he does. You know, sometimes she thinks she knows the answer before you do. Or is insistent on her own way being right. So God commands man to love and the comforter shows him how to do it. Amen, Gabe? Amen. Praise God. The Father gives the grace and the Spirit shows the way because no man understands his wife completely. It takes prayer and loving and listening in order to love his wife. I've been on my second marriage now. My first one, the Lord has taken her to heaven. I've got another great one. But uh, sometimes they baffle me. Women. And so every, I think every man in this room, if they had the spirit of honesty, would say, yes, yes, yes. We don't understand all things about woman and my wife. I said, my goodness, she should love me. Look at everything. She's got me and everything else. <laughs> Look at how good I've been to her. Fast forward to the problems that we've been heading today. Men have not kept their end of the deal. Men keep going to the bank and making withdrawals. As a wife keeps loving, even though she's not being nourished. Now, guys, you better nourish your wife, not just take withdrawals out of them. Nourish them, nourish them, nour cherish them. And because of that, we will keep going to the bank, making withdrawals without any intent of making a deposit. You need to make a deposit. You need to bring her, you know, if she likes flowers or something, deposit into her. Amen? Not just not recognize her. Make a deposit. I've... I've Trying to make deposits. Adalia has many dresses. She loves dresses more than flowers. But a woman will keep giving because that's how she was made even when she's not being loved the way Christ loved the church. So women will put up with you for a long time. Number two. You lead your family by understanding your wife. 1 Peter 3.7 Husbands, dwell with your wives according to the knowledge as to under the weaker vessel, as heirs together in the grace of life, lest your prayers be hindered. Hey, I hope you caught it. Lest your prayers be hindered. Some of us wonder why things don't happen. Sometimes we violate these things. Husbands have the responsibility to dwell their, with their wives according to knowledge. That means it's my job to understand my wife and her needs. It says, husbands, dwell with your wives as under the weaker vessel. We've taken that to mean that we are superior because she's a weak vessel. But what that really means is she has different strengths and limitations. It is more natural for the wives to love their husbands as that is how God created them. If they are abused and mistreated until they no longer respect them, they will quit loving. Hope we heard that. We don't want to abuse them forever. In fact, we shouldn't abuse them at all. She will quit loving and leave their husbands. Many have done that. What a woman doesn't 
respect, she won't follow. The warning signs are there. And if the man doesn't take heed, she'll be gone. You say, well, that's not right. Well, not everyone is filled with a full sanctification and, and including a, a more, more patience and diligence and many people because of whatever reason, including maybe uh, being young in the Lord, immature in the Lord, have, I'm out of here. Instead of perseverance, forgiveness. It is husbands, says, dwell with your wives. Dwell with your wives. Dwell with your wives. Again, the warning signs. If the man doesn't take heed, you lose your wife. We have to understand what her limitations are. Because here what happens. Wives have a gift to love their husbands, but what happens is they love beyond their limits. No wife wants to see her husband fail. That man isn't paying attention that the woman is just a shell now. Emotionally, she's gone. She has not been nourished or cherished. She's just worn out. She just keeps loving by act of the will because she hasn't been loved and cherished and nurtured by her husband. Put value on her. Affirm her. Make her feel like she's the queen of the world. To win the battle for the family, you must also, point number three, train your children in the things of God. Ephesians 6, 4. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. The instructions to the fathers that he is the one that should be training his children in the things of God. Many times the husband, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Leave it up to the wife. That's not good enough. Are, are you hearing me? That's not good enough. I'm in my office about four in the morning, a.m. And I'm there till about seven. Then from seven till nine, I'm, I'm with my little boy. And then at night after I get home, I spend an hour or two with him. I play with him. I even take a bath with him. Uh, you say, oh, really? I say, yeah, that's good bonding. He looks into my eyes. I look into him and I bounce him up and down in the water. He laughs. Spend time with your children. Train them up. I even pray with him in the bathtub. Over him. The instruction to the father is that he is the one that should be training his children in the things of God. But most of the time, men will let the mom do it because of a lot of the guys don't even read their Bibles. Children should see dad sitting down with his Bible. I know Adalia brings MJ into my office all the time, just walks in. And there I am. Your children should hear him praying. They should hear you saying, we're going to church today. Instead, we have mom getting up, getting the kids ready for church. Then we ask dad if he's going. His response is more along the lines. It's a beautiful day outside today. I think that I'll go in the woods and meditate with the Lord. That's a cop out. What he is really saying is I don't want to take responsibility for being the spiritual head of my children. So I'll evade my responsibility, sit back and let you do it. Men are 
running from their responsibility as spiritual leaders in the home. A well-published study revealed that if the father goes to church as an adult, their children were very likely to follow in their footsteps and attend as adults as well. However, if the fathers don't attend church, their children were likely not to attend as adults either. The study showed that the mother's influence on the children to attend church as an adult was significantly less than the father's influence. Now, don't get me wrong. There has been some great mothers because of absentee fathers, because of men that are just lazy or backslidden or too carnal. And the woman has had to do the job. And, and people have grown up and give a lot of attribute to their mothers. I'm saying the, we would have way more effectiveness if the fathers would do their job and you'd have a great more percentage, and even those that give a tribute to their mother, they would have been even better balanced adults. It's like the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We need all three. Amen? I mean, definitely we need mothers in the home. I can't raise my son all by themselves or my four previous daughters that are walking, three of them with the Lord. I can't do it without her. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're a team. We do it together, but I must take the lead. I can't be too lazy or blame my job that I don't have time. You make time. You get up earlier. You stay up later. You make time. But you make time. I remember with my four daughters, I would get them up, make them breakfast, have devotions, take them to school. I did this for 20 years at the different stages of their life. I got them up. I made them breakfast. Yeah, me. I made breakfast. Had devotions, prayed with them, took them to school. I wanted to have influence in their lives. Three of them really served the Lord. One became a missionary in Japan. One was a pastor's wife. Another one was actually a pastor's wife too. And uh, we must take our time to have influence in our children's lives. We fathers get saved and go to church most of the time they will bring their entire family to church too. Fathers have to set the example and children are more likely to follow. Colossians 3.21 Fathers provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. Rules without relationship breeds rebellion. You cannot take the position, do what I say because I said so. It's an antiquated way to develop your children. There should be relationship. I know I believe in the Bible, spare the rod and spoil the child, so I would spank my children. I have done that with all of the four, and I will with the fifth. But I also sat them on my lap and told them how much I loved them and why I had to do it and what I want to prevent them from harm in the future and these things, A, B, C, D, and I would, I would disciple them. That's how many people are raised, though. Just do what I say. If there is no love and affection, and by the time they're 17 or 18, you better believe there will be a lot of rebellion going on. Why? Because parents look at their children as a commodity to serve their needs. So dad would give them orders and not talk to them and that is what many of us 
do today. We need to talk to them, not just give them orders. You know, they're people, they're young people. Talk to them. I spent time today with my youngest son on my lap. And uh, we, we sat there a long time and, and looked at different things like ABCs. And, and uh, I got up and laid on the floor and built building blocks. And yeah, me. I want a relationship with my son. If you develop a relationship with your children, fathers, they will want to obey you. Giving orders without relationship, then demanding obedience is provoking your children to wrath. And the Bible teaches it is because God is our father and he doesn't function that way with us. God doesn't function that way with us. When we first come to God, all of our prayers are answered almost instantly. Everything is wonderful. God is so good, then we enter the stage of our growth where, quote Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much is required. And he asks us to do something for him. When God does this, you have the attitude, why wouldn't I want to do this? For him, when he's so good to me, he has done much for me. I know I just want to please God. I just want to do what he says. And I, th I think that's the way we are in this room. Do you see what happened here? God doesn't start out with making demands on us. He's completely interested and invested in building a relationship with us. And displaying his love for us. Then he will start to place more responsibility on us once we have grown a bit and can handle the pressures of those demands. Because at all times, he is more concerned with relationship with us than anything else. He's a good father, a perfect example. He's looking to develop great fathers after himself. We're supposed to be a great father. We are not going to win the battle for family if we don't start taking our role and placing the family seriously. You and I need to be fighting for our children and our grandchildren who 10 to 15 years from now will be suffering in society if we don't step it up now and do something about it. It's never too late to start. We have no choice. It's time to fight for our families and it starts with the men. Conclusion, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Remember, training involves relationship. Training is not slavery and dictatorship, which breeds resentment and provokes wrath and rebellion. Training is led by the fathers, men in the home, that leads by example of loving guidance, so the family, wife, and children want to please the man. Amen? They want to please the father and husband. This is God's government, starting with leadership in love. Men, take your responsibilities. Don't be lazy. Make the sacrifices, even when you're tired, to have devotions with your family, with your children. And you'll be glad you did. I know phone number 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Telephone and do what you can. Give us your very best love offering. This entire year, I haven't been able to go to churches because they, they shut down. I'm not afraid to go, but the states, they had shut down. Look at my YouTube. We have daily updates on radio and television programs. Warning TV, Dr. Jonathan Hansen, Warning TV. 
Dr. Jonathan Hansen. May God bless you and fight for the family. I'll see you.